Oh my god, baby. Welcome back to another episode of A Hundred Steps to Drag, the podcast where Natasha Hundreds, aka myself, sits down with your favorite drag artists and asks them how what happened? How did we get here? What are some tips and tricks, some stories? And I'm so excited about my guest today. She is an LA queen. She's super funny. She's a daytime diva. Please give it up for Antibiotics. Hey, Natasha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a big fan. I've been listening to your pod since the beginning. I love it. Thank you so much. That really means a lot because sometimes I'm like, I wonder if people listen to this. I am. You have at least one. And I'm sure that makes it all worth it, honestly. So thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure. I'm excited. Me too. We were just talking about that it's been a long week and it's only a Wednesday. So we're both exhausted. Yes, girl. Yes. Do you have any gigs this weekend? Uh, this weekend, yeah, I'm doing a brunch at Beaches. It's, uh, by the time this comes out, it will have already happened. I'm sure it went fabulously oh. well. But it's a Taylor Swift versus Kelly Clarkson brunch. So I got to do some Tay-Tay and some Kelly. That sounds you know. fun. I love um, drag shows that have a theme. That makes me like really yeah. push it or like think differently. Then I'm like, I'm going to do this number that I've been doing for like three years. <laughs> Same. Yeah, yeah. It helps me when I like have kind of a box that I have to go in. Otherwise, I'm like, I can do anything. What am I going to do? I'm not good at making decisions. So I like some parameters. You know what I mean? Me neither. I'm like, please make it easy for yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have any gigs this weekend? I do. I'm hosting a drag race viewing party on at Beach Garden Social House. So that should be fun. Uh-huh. It sucks that drag race is just one hour now. I'm like, it's so short. Oh. What the hell? What have you been thinking about the new season? Do you like the, the new crop of queens? And especially because I love the new season. You know, it's it's been yeah. so good that I feel like they deserve the same amount of time as everybody else so we can get to know them. Like so far, when totally. we're recording this, two people have come home and I feel like I don't know them. That's always kind of the way, though, with the people in the beginning, I feel, who get eliminated soon. It's like, oh, I want more time with them. But then you follow them on social media, you see all the stuff that they were going to do anyway. So Yeah, they're all going to take pictures of that. And you know what? A part of me yeah. always wanted to do them, like keep up with them on the season and be like, oh, if they do like a metallic challenge, create myself a metallic challenge and post it. And I'm like, that's a lot of work. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> If you could get the list ahead of time and have like a month or two to prepare, that would be sickening. You know what I, I mean? know. I'm waiting for one of my close friends to go on Drag Race so they can give me the list and be like, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to anybody. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could do it too. You're such a great like costume designer, maker. You're like, all of your stuff is gorge. Thank you. Thank you. I try. I, I tr- definitely try my best. But, you know, we're we're learning and that's. That's what matters the most. I feel like you can be like really good, but if you like get stagnant on on that, I'm like, mm, eventually you're gonna, you know, get outdated. So you have to keep learning. And so that's one of my goals sure. for this year to like keep on like improving on the things that I can sew. Yeah. Today's episode is landing your gigs. So by now, you know, in the drag timeline, you practice your makeup, you've gone through that like weird phase. Now you're ready to land some gigs, and we're here to speak yes. the tea. <laughs> let's what do, do you, it, bitch. Like, let's fucking do it. Oh, also, you can curse as much as you want. Oh, good. Because <laughs> I already did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I have a filthy mouth, so, you know, I'm not going to act like I don't. 
But what do you think is the most effective way to land a drag gig at the bar? I know you had several kinds of gigs, but a quote-unquote traditional drag gig at a bar, how do you feel like it's the most effective way to land that? a lot of different avenues one can take. For me, how I started was doing competitions. You know what I mean? I feel like as a new drag performer, getting your name out there, getting people to know who you are, what kind of drag you do, the style you like, you know, competitions are the way to go. That's how I started getting my first bookings. That's how I started meeting other performers who would book me in their shows or tell me about other gigs or other places to perform. So for me, competitions was the way. I think that's where we met, actually. I think so, right? It was Angina's competition. It was, um, yes. it was called Mew Queens back then. Angina. I think I actually saw your, your week that you did it. Do you remember what your theme was? I think my theme, because I, I returned for one, but my original was, oh, I want to say 90s. And then I came back for like the night of 1000 Anginas. That's the one I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have a Nanjina on your head? Yeah, they have like a little doll because in season one, she had something like that. And it had like this yeah, little yeah. like black and white blouse that had like lipsticks on for the Mac Biba Glam Challenge. I remember that. I remember that. That was like four years ago now. It was such a long time ago. And I feel like it was I yesterday. Know. I feel like I'm just like a baby still. <laughs> I feel that way too. Sometimes it seems like a lifetime ago. And sometimes it seems like no time at all has passed. Literally. It's crazy how drag timeline works. But yeah, so competitions, I think, are are the easiest, like, best way to do it. Because you can just sign up, you go, you perform, you're done. You know what I mean? Other ways people can get into drag, I think, are messaging the show host or the promoters. I think that going to the show you're asking to be in first, it should be kind of like a prerequisite. You know what I mean? Can we make, can we normalize that going to the show before asking to be in it? That should be like an application. <laughs> Yeah, like immediately. Yeah. Like if you show up to the to the show, whether in drag or out of drag, that's like your application. <laughs> right. Yeah. You got to fill out the application before you get the job. Exactly. That's actually how I got my first gig. I was uh, I showed oh, yeah? up to to Nomi B's show in, in full drag. And she was like, oh, who are you? Where do you live? And she immediately was like, oh, message me on Instagram. Like, I want to give you a date. And as long as she had that show, like everyone who showed up to her show, whether in drag or out of drag, that it would talk to her afterwards, she would put on the show. And I'm like, one day when I have a show, I'll, I'll think I'll do that. Like whoever shows up, please. Like, cause you're taking the time of the day to go. Yeah. The money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Time is money. You know what I mean? And if you're spending your time going to support a show, that says a lot. Because yeah. there are a lot of shows, you know, you only have so many nights in a week. So when you're picking a show to go to, that's huge. It means a lot. Especially in LA, there are several pages that yeah. I love these pages that dedicate to like sh share all the gigs. I think being queer in LA is one of them uh, that yeah. I adore. And I'm like, thank you so much for always sharing <laughs> the flyers. And yeah. they share so many, like the, the amount of shows that are happening in the LA area at a given night. It's crazy. Yeah, you could definitely go to multiple shows every night and still not hit them all. Which is kind of cool. And, and exactly. Yes. Get to the gigs. Go support. Yeah. And now that you mentioned that messaging the, the people on the show, it's honestly, that's also a great way to get gigs. But I've seen the opposite. I've seen when drag artists are just like posting on their story, like, hey, anybody that has bookings for this month or so on. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that because I've never reached out to someone that is looking for that, like in that matter. Uh -huh. 
but I don't know if that works. So I never posted it. Have you ever done it? I haven't. I am really bad at asking people to be booked in the show. So I should take my own advice, but <laughs> I'm always, I'm more of the one that like, Oh, they know that I'm here. They'll come to me if they want me to do their show. But that's not, I don't think that's the best way to think about it because in LA, especially there's like 50 bajillion drag performers. It, you can get kind of lost in the mix. So you have to be proactive about it. Um, so no, I've never tried that. Like my bookings are open for February and March, hit me up. But as someone who books people for shows, I do look at that and I'm like, oh, okay, I have to remember that. So I think it can work. I mean, yeah, I think it, it could definitely work. I've never tried it. I should probably should <laughs> and see if I got any bites, you know, and then I'll yeah. talk on, like how it worked on another episode <laughs> of the podcast. There you go. Have me back. Have me back and we'll see like we'll do it. The reunion. <laughs> yeah. I'm more like of an in-person, I guess you could be. So if I see someone that has a show or a brunch that I want to do and I see, I see them out and about in town, I'll be like, hey, book me for your show. I want to do it. I love what y'all are doing there. It's so much fun, you know, personal connections. That's what it's all about. Same, same. I feel that because yeah. I don't know. I just feel more like an in-person kind of a gal. You can feel the energy. Yeah. You can feel like, you know, get an idea. And I also like to go to the show beforehand and be like, okay, so this is where the dressing room's at. This is where they come yeah. from. This is usually like the main stage kind of an area. And I'm like, I like to see the layout. Yeah. And also the vibe of the show. You know what I mean? Not every show is the same. Like you might have a specific style of drag and that show is not it. You're asking to be in a show that isn't really like... Yeah, your vibe. Or like sometimes the club has a different vibe because I've been at places where yeah. they go to see the drag show and they sit down and they pay attention and they clap. And in right. other places, it's just like a bar and the drag show happens to be going on and you're more like a yeah. dancer kind of situation when you're just yeah. like, you know, just dancing and doing your gig and everyone's on their own stuff. Do you have a preference of which of those two you like? I think I prefer where they pay attention to you. <laughs> yeah, same. I feel so weird when I'm when everyone's on their own. I feel weird. I'm like, mm, okay, this is kind of uh, awkward. <laughs> yeah, I've I've done shows at like straight venues where they don't know a drag show is happening. Like I did one of this Malibu like wine bar and like none of the people knew that the drag show was going to happen. And here we all, all, all are like prancing around asking them for money. And it was quite the experience, but you know. It is it. quite the experience. I love when people have no clue that is what is happening and they're like, oh, yeah, okay, drag queens. <laughs> right. And you win them over usually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then at the end of the show, they're like, oh my gosh, you guys are great. <laughs> my favorite part. I love that drag is changing so much because, you know, nowadays you can see it everywhere. You can see it on social media. You can see it on TV. Mm -hmm. You know, you landed a huge deal on TV and we'll get to that. But okay. any tips for anybody that wants to land any gigs on the big or small screen? Ooh, that is a tough question. Also, there are multiple avenues. There's no one way to do any of this. You know what I mean? It's not like a normal job where you go to school you go get your master's, you get your doctorate, and then you have a career that's set for the next 20 years. You know what I mean? Drag is obviously not like that. I mean, you know that. <laughs> I'm sure everyone listening knows that. So there's no one way. One of the best ways to get jobs, I think, in TV and film especially, is you have to have some sort of representation, or it definitely helps to have some sort of representation, an agent, a manager, that kind of thing. Because 
they're getting the breakdowns, the audition notices that you wouldn't hear about otherwise. So that's kind of a good way, a great way to get your foot in the door for the, those auditions. But there are other ways if you ground work, there are services like central casting you can sign up for. And I mean, people are always looking for drag performers these days. It's like a popular thing. So yeah. if you write that you do drag, that you have like the clothes, the wigs, the makeup, that will definitely pique the casting people's interest. And they will remember that because there's a lot of demand for that. Um, so yeah, central casting. There's also sites that post breakdowns or audition notices that anyone can look at. Like Actors Access is a great one. Um, the Actors Equity website for stage performers has auditions. Um, so yeah, just ha kind of have to like do your homework, get out the old Google and hit the keypad and get to work. Yeah, to meet them where they're at, literally. Yeah. We did some back on work together in drag. That was an experience. <laughs> that was an experience. Speaking of film work, oh my gosh, that was the last time I think I saw you in person. When was that? Two months ago? I Longer? have no clue. I think that was before Thanksgiving. That was like November. And that ago. I just found out about through someone's Instagram story. They were like looking for drag performers for this movie I don't even remember. Same. You probably saw the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think the, it was Billy Francesca's Instagram. <laughs> Shout out yes. to Billy. And Love I Billy. know that Billy shared the, like the main page that it was requesting for, for drag queens. So I was like, Oop, mm -hmm. let me follow them. Let me put on the notifications on in case they're looking for something else, like other yeah. drag queens, you know? They usually look for a lot of background actors. A lot of them are not drag <laughs> queens, but hopefully yeah. whenever they need queens again, they'll be like, hey, remember me? Hit me up. Yeah, totally. I remember you saying that was your first or one of your first film gigs, yeah? That was my first background work film ever. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like a star. <laughs> How did you like it compared to like working in the clubs? It was interesting. I, I liked it because obviously it's like a different experience. And honestly, it's easy. Like at least the background work that we did there was easy because it was like a lot of standing around, a lot of just like, you know, being there. Um, but it was extremely long. Oh my, I'm sure yes. like it's usually like that when you're filming something because you have to go over the yeah. lines and the scenes and everything needs to be perfect. It was just exhausting to be in drag for like almost 12 hours. Yeah, we. I feel like we were there even longer than that. Like I just so. outside in the middle of the night on a street in LA, in our heels on the cobblestones downtown. It's like, it was so much fun though. Cause usually when I'm on set, there aren't that many other Queens. It's like me. And a lot of times it's people who aren't actually drag performers that they're just like actors who get put into makeup. So that experience where we were together was so much fun. Cause it was like, how many of us were there? 15? Oh, so many, well, like almost some, 20, yeah. So Yeah, many. so it was just like a, a kiki like with everyone. It was like such fun. It's not always like that. But yeah, the hours are long. Usually the money is pretty good. Oh, the money was great. And you're, <laughs> you're right, because like when we were on the holding area, there was like so many of us. It was a, a literal kiki. It's how yeah. I imagine the workroom in RuPaul's Drag Race. Everyone was just like kikiing, right. laughing. We were tired. We were just like over it. I'm like, this is something close of what filming drag race should be like you know i mean that's probably what it is like i mean they're in drag for 10 14 hours a day 
now that you mentioned that usually there's like it's one or two queens and then actors that get put into drag on that gig there was an actor that was put into drag for a scene where you know we're getting to a venue and there's the person door is was a drag queen but it was none of us it was an actor that i know actually, did you audition for that got the line no i don't even know why i didn't get an audition for that i'll have to talk to my agents about it yeah you're like excuse <laughs> me <laughs> this was the time <laughs> I know. And Las Vienica was like, they kept messing up the line, right? They had like one line they couldn't even get. I was like, oh gosh. Yeah, that's like, that's why like, you got to hire a real drag queen. Exactly. That's why representation matters. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> I was nosy. And I was there like listening to the notes and they're like, oh, give it a little more sass. I'm sure like a drunk woman could have given it sass from the get-go. But anyways, I'm sure there's reasons behind that or whatever you want to call it uh, it's all right we had fun backstage like so up. much fun like the best but speaking of the movies or big projects you landed a huge project recently at general hospital how was that yes oh my god it was a dream come true honestly it was like I, I never in a million years thought I would have been on a soap opera. I always thought so. Everything I knew about soap operas was from Joey Tribbiani and Friends. You know what I mean? I, I never really watched them growing up. I started watching General Hospital when I got the audition just so I could kind of know the characters and know what was happening in the storyline. And now I'm hooked. I watch it every day. <laughs> it's so, it's just like insanity, the storylines that these people have to like do every day but it was so much fun it was really like a play do you watch any soap operas i watch telenovelas which i guess it's like the hispanic version of it and again yeah, yeah. so dramatic and the storylines is just everything right it's just like it was a dream there are like villains there are like people are getting arrested people are stealing babies it's like what is happening uh, but everyone there's was always so a lovely. cliffhanger too. There's twins. Yes. There's people that yeah. come back from the dead. It's crazy. <laughs> yes, people will come back as like other characters, and just there's no explanation. They're just like, oh, I'm this person now, and you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I was watching an episode, and I think maybe one of the main actors got COVID or was sick, and all of a sudden this other person came on, and they just made an announcement saying the role of whatever will be played by this person today. And I was like, what? Like, they just recast someone because they have to do so many episodes. They do an episode every day that they can't stop. It's so it's really like theater that understudies coming on to, you know, fill in. That's interesting. I didn't realize that because I haven't watched um, novelas in forever. And usually it's not like that in telenovelas because they film a season and then that is like completely filmed and then they stop and then, you know, if it gets approved they have home season two and whatnot but by the time it okay. airs like all the episodes should be filmed right that makes sense interesting yeah these ones i was in two episodes and we shot ours like a month before they came out but they are just like every single day they move fast you get maybe two takes tops to do it it's just like a machine but soap operas get a bad rap a lot of the time for like their acting styles or whatever but they're rock stars in my mind like, especially seeing it from behind the scenes, I had no idea. They can do no wrong in my book. No, it's a lot of work that comes yeah. into play just for, like, you know, the 45 minutes, the hour that we're enjoying. So it's, it's yeah. crazy. What was your role in, in General Hospital? 
I was a drag queen, believe it or not. <laughs> what? <laughs> surprise, a drag surprise. Queen? <laughs> yes. So um, one of the characters was, spoiler alert, dying. Um, so she was throwing this big like birthday bash, kind of a, a last hurrah. And it was also the New Year's Eve episode. So she kind of had like a combination birthday party slash New Year's Eve thing. So I was the MC of the party. So I like introduced all of them and was just kind of around, bopping around, talking to people throughout the episode. That sounds a lot of fun. I watched the clip you shared on Instagram and I'm like, oh my gosh, like yeah. you're healing it. You seem like you're having Thank so you. much fun, so bubbly. I'm like... I was here for it. Honestly, it was a dream. It's been a goal of mine to be on a like a, a guest star on a television show for as long as I can remember. I've been trying to do it for like, I've lived in LA for 10 years. I lived in New York for like seven years before that. So I've been at the game for a while. So it was just, it was such a lovely experience. The studio was literally like 10 minutes away from my house. I couldn't have asked for a more perfect couple of days. It was, it was a dream. That sounds so nice. How was backstage? Yeah. How was, did you have like your own little dressing area and everything? I, yeah, I had my own dressing room. It was like a big party scene. So a lot of the like regular cast members were there and everyone was so nice. Everyone was so welcoming. I mean, you know, when there's a drag queen in the movie, it's going to be like a good time. You know, oh, for sure. They're, they're, not get, they're not getting the drag queen to like come to the funeral scene, you know. <laughs> so everyone, everyone was having a good time. They were so nice. All of the sets are like to each other and they just kind of go to which one they need. There are like seven cameras going on at once. So you always kind of have to be, even if you're in the background, you have to be like acting because you don't know what they're going to use, which cameras on you necessarily. So you kind of always have to be on it. But they move, like I said, they move fast and furious. I got a question. Did they provide you with that gown that you were wearing or is that something that you took from your wardrobe? That All of that was my own except the necklace and they gave me one ring. And I feel like that's the case with a lot of rag stuff, at least the things that I've been doing. They want you to bring your own stuff. Like you were wearing your own stuff at for that yeah for the microphone thing yeah 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 same with me once i got the role they connected me with the costume to the wardrobe department and the wardrobe supervisor was uh just asking me to send like options uh that they could choose from and i guess if they didn't see anything i liked they probably would have just given me something but yeah so they chose that i sent like eight different outfits like different wigs different like styles of drag that i had and they chose that one and that wig and they gave a little bit of a pay bump for bringing your own shit, which is okay. nice. No, that's that makes um, sense. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to start providing, okay. like, sometimes, you know, when they book drag queens for, like, these roles, I wonder if, like, sometimes they do provide, like, everything. I don't know. That's I don't everything? have a whole lot of experience. Maybe. I hope that they would start, you know what I mean? Because it's a lot to use your own stuff, and it's expensive to get it dry cleaned or cleaned it or, you know. Yeah. So I hope that they do. Hopefully by like bigger roles, like they do it. They do provide this, this stuff. That would make sense. I'm sure they do for like huge, huge budget, like movies and like long running TV shows. They provide that kind of thing. They better. <laughs> well, I know they do actually. Because I, I was in also in the movie Babylon that just came out. Mm. And they gave us all the, the wigs and the wardrobe and everything. So I think it just depends production to production. Yeah. Did you get to keep any of that? No. Oh. <laughs> no. It was too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. And we got to keep it for like a week while I was there, but 
<laughs> Imagine like double using. You know, I'm just gonna take this real quick to the gig. I'll, yeah. I'll bring it back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you won't miss it. There are 50 other wigs in here. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's take a step back because we've been talking about a lot of recent stuff that you've done, but I want to talk about your beginnings as well. You said you were living in New York City prior to living in LA. Did you start drag yeah. in New York or did you start it over here? No, I started drag only four years ago in LA. So I started late. I'm, I just turned 40. So I started drag in my mid-30s. You know, I'm, 40. You don't hey, look 40 at all, girl. Oh, my gosh. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm like, a little bit late to the game on everything. My first time in drag was the day after Halloween. You know, most drag queens, like, Halloween is their, their big debut. Mine was the day after. Had to be a little different. Yeah, you're like, no, no yeah. too many, too many on the street exactly. right now. I gotta have my own day where everyone's just yeah, like exhausted. Exactly. November 1st. That's a good day to start drag. Why not? It is. And you will never forget it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I've been performing for a long time. Like I performed in New York and like did tours across the country and like regional theater and all that kind of thing. But drag has come into my life fairly recently, but I love it so much. It's kind of like I think what I've been waiting for almost unknowingly I thought I would be a drag queen in a million years. If you would have told me this, like even 10 years ago, I would have laughed in your face, but it's brought so much joy. It's brought so much um, creativity. I'm getting to perform so much more than I ever have before. Like it's amazing. I love it. And I can't imagine my life without it, honestly, now. It is crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of the times I also think about it myself and I'm like, Hmm, I think that Raul from 10 years ago would have been like, yeah, right, or whatever. But like nowadays, it's like, again, just like you, like I don't see my life without a drag, without Natasha. It's yeah. insane. When did you have that shift of like, oh, I want to do drag now? Because I think that a lot of us start and just dip our toes a little bit. But when did you mm -hmm. start taking it a little bit more seriously? Actually, it was after that first competition for Angina's New Queens. I had seen one of my friends had competed in it a few weeks prior. And I'd kind of been like thinking like, oh, drag seems so cool. I, obviously I watched Drag Race, so I knew about drag. I'm not, but until I saw my friend, shout out Chloe Montgomery, in that competition and seeing what it was like at, at a local scene, I was like, this looks like so much fun. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I know I can do the performance part, everything else. We're just going to cross our fingers and hope for the best. So I emailed him, or no, I DM'd on Gina and I was like, if you have any spots in the next few weeks, I would love to do it. I've never performed in drag in my life, but I am willing to try if you want me. And she was like, yeah, girl, come on. You're booked in two weeks. Get ready. And I ended up winning that night. Then I was like, okay, I'm sold. This is it. I'm in it. Yeah. I did another competition. Um, speaking of Billy, Francesca dragged out right after that. And I won that one as well. And Billy booked me for like a paid gig from that one night competition. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to follow this, follow the joy, follow the money and just see what happens. And I haven't looked back. I love it. Moral of the story, <laughs> moral of the story, do all the competitions you can when you're just starting. 
because you yeah. know what's going to come after that even if you don't win i've done hundreds of competitions where i don't win but like i get yeah. you know gigs at other places or i get to connect with exactly. other people that down the line become opportunities or that become great friends so honestly yeah. just do competitions Yes. I mean, well, that's how I met you. That's how I met exactly. most of my drag friends who are still like some of my best drag sisters to this day is doing those competitions. And New Queens provided a lot of great talent. A lot of, you know, yes. competitors that did New Queens back then are doing great things like you and yeah. I. Not to toot our yes. own horn, but you and I. <laughs> Serena Infinity yeah. was also on New Queens. Yep. Um, yeah. I remember watching her week. She won. Like She killed it, as usual. Yeah. Yes. McDonatella, if I'm not mistaken. I think mm-hmm. she Barbara Wire. Barbara Wire, winner of season one. So many. Uh-huh. That was a good time. Good group. Yes, I know. We should do a reunion. <laughs> <laughs> we do a reunion at our gigs when we see each other. I'd be like, hey, Angina, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Pitch it to her. Maybe she should do it. <laughs> I love Angina, too. She's the absolute sweetest. I cannot wait to, to have her here on the podcast one day oh my god yes yes do it i uh, will go to her show and then ask her then there you know, because again i'm more of an in-person kind of a girl because you perform mostly in long beach these days yeah right? yeah and there's like a new well newish they have they've been open for about a year this lgbt restaurant and they do like drag loteria sometimes or brunch or you know i i convince them <laughs> to do a drag race viewing party <laughs> And I say convince them because they wanted to be like, oh, let's just do premiere and the finale. And I'm like, fuck, I, I won't let this happen. I would love to hear more about that. How you like reach out to bars and spaces about getting your own shows. Yeah. So, you just DM them and be like. Well, for that, I had to thank Nomi again because she was the one that connected yeah. with the owner initially. And then like she brought me over to like, you know, introduce me and everything at one of her one of her shows. And then we started like talking. I know me now is taking a little break. So I decided, well, why not continue with the drag race stuff? So I reached out to the owner directly, sent them an email first. I was like, let me be professional and sent them an email and everything. But I don't think they check in very often. (laughs) So I went to the literally what we were just talking about i went there to have dinner one time and he was there yeah. and, I was, and he was like oh I, w- I just saw your email i'm sorry i think he hosted some other franchise of drag race vegan party i'm not sure if it was uk versus the world or something that didn't go well because obviously nobody watches uk versus the world or not <laughs> as much as like drag race the us re- you know yeah yeah yeah. oh he was like well i don't know why don't we try to do the premiere and the finale and not the other ones and i'm like okay i was like whatever but in my mind i was like i need this first night to be freaking packed at capacity yeah so he's like reconsiders you know so Mm -hmm. i did everything i could i promoted the fuck out of that event and it was sold out like inside outside everything it went well it was a long episode and i didn't even say anything the next friday i wasn't available i had planned a little trip and I was like, I'm not even going to say anything. If he says something, he will, whatever. And he did. He was like, hey, so why don't we keep this going? And I'm like, fuck, yes. <laughs> love it. I love it. Good job, bro. Thank you. How do you usually go about like having your own shows? Well, <laughs> my first show, which was my first time at Red Line, it was also a competition. Have you noticed I like to do competitions? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, speaking of Marta Bichu, she did a competition called So Chu Think You Can Host. And it was like a 
eight to 10 week long thing. I think it started with 16 people. I mean, like people got eliminated every week, you know, how competitions work. Um, but the prize was your own show at Redline. You had to come up with like the premise and you had to do like mini shows and book people. It was, it was fun. So that's how I got my first show. And then for Opposites Attract, they re- reached out to um, myself and Laura Lyon asked us to do a show together. And we pitched them a couple ideas and they wanted a competition. So that's how that one started. But yeah, most of the time it's, again, either that or people coming to me. I'm trying to be better about getting on like the old cell phone and reaching out to people, but it's tricky. It's sometimes to get the, whoever's either manager or owner's contact information because the person yeah. running their Instagram is not always the, the person that has the last say on whatever's right. So it's hard yeah, to yeah. get that contact, but I think that once you get it and you start building that relationship and they see you at the bar and, mm-hmm. you know, you work there a couple of times and they know you're reliable, I think that it becomes a little bit easier. Because now I feel yeah. like, you know, I can trust Ben is the name of the owner at Beach Garden, and I can go with him and be like, hey, pitch an idea and, and something and, yeah. and take it from there. Yeah, it's all about relationships. I mean, that's what this business is, drag acting showbiz it's all about relationships it's all about connection. so be nice be nice be professional show up on time do your shit exactly exactly don't be messy i know that it's don't tempting be to be that bitch but please don't Think save that for reality that. tv yeah yeah save that for for the tv when you get to tv like please be as messy as you want and i'll right for that <laughs> that's what i'm doing so all my messiness for when i'm on tv exactly exactly because <laughs> everyone says like natasha you're so nice i'm like thank you I just you know i'm reserving all that for when i have a broader much broader audience <laughs> have a lot more people hate you, you yes <laughs> slide into my dms with nasty things exactly but at least they'll know who you are exactly <laughs> well any i ask all my guests this question and it's about your future in drag what are some of your drag goals for the short term and your ultimate utopia of drag that you want to achieve who natasha that is a question okay short term i have a couple projects that i've been like bubbling and like ideas floating around that i want to make happen um that will happen one of which is a podcast of my own you've inspired me i'm actually hosting it with marta bichu so be on the lookout for that you know marta you should have her on the pod too she's amazing she's great um, Yes, love her. Uh, and that is going to be all about drag in film on TV and movies. We're talking about like all the drag movies, Chu Wang Fu, Birdcage, et cetera, et cetera. So that's going to be really fun. Um, I would love to start uh, like a TikTok talk show. I know you're a TikTok queen as well. As so a I- talk show like Jerry Springer? Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, that would give you so many views. Like a drag oh show TikTok God. Jerry Springer. And that is the queen that you were talking shit about. Bring her on. <laughs> hey, I wasn't thinking that, but maybe now Ooh, <laughs> maybe we can do that together. I need one of those bodyguards. What was his name? Steve or something? Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. So the short term, I want to get the, these projects that I've been like thinking about and ruminating about for a long time now. I want to make them happen. Also, I want to only performing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I, as much as I love my day job and it's like, as far as day jobs go, it's amazing. It's not what I trained for. It's not what I moved across the country to do. So I want to hopefully soon, sooner rather than later, make performing drag 
acting my sole source of income. Speaking of, that leads me to my long-term goals. And I just listened to the Tuna Melt, your episode with Tuna Melt, and you were like, don't say goals, say plan, or something like that. Yes, your, your roadmap. <laughs> your roadmap. Okay, so my roadmap is to the Jim Parsons of drag. Do you know who Jim Parsons is? No. <laughs> it's okay. He, was, he played Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory. Okay. So he, he's an actor. He's a, a, a gay actor who was obviously on this hugely successful TV show where, where he made coin. Okay. But it, in his off season, the hiatus, he would do theater around the country, do Broadway or regional theater. And that is my dream. That is my goal. So I would love to be on a successful TV show and then do theater and drag gigs and tour the world and the country uh, in my off time, you know? I just want to, I want to do it all. I want to be it all. I want to have fun, you know, and that's, and drag is letting me do that. And honestly, you can. Yeah, you're so talented. You're such a great actress. I'm like, I can see you being on your own show, like in drag. Ah, Who do we have to call? Who do we have to call? I know. I would love to be on an HBO show. You know what I mean? Like an HBO style show. And really like my dream, dream, dream would be, to do something where drag is a huge part of it, like, but it's also almost like a queerest folk meets Sex in the City, but with drag performers. So you get their lives as drag, but then you also get their lives out of drag, like their day to day. I think that could be really interesting. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times on TV and film, it's only that, oh yes, mama, work, okay, okay. But you don't really get to know the person necessarily behind the drag. So I would love to do a scripted show like that. I love that idea. And I've talked about this on the podcast uh, with, when Joe was my uh, my guest. And uh-huh. she's done also some like uh, some acting stuff. And she says that a lot of the times, the exactly that, right? Like the roles that she gets casted for is like the stereotypical drag queen, like the yes, go ahead. And like, here we go, which is fine. But the roles that she enjoys the most are the ones that give more depth to the character because yeah. you're spot on like we're not like oh my god okay like all the time like we have lives we right. have conflicts a lot of the times we miss so many stuff because we are working all weekends so we miss like hanging yeah. out, out with our friends special events birthdays call it whatever so right. i think that would be a great show very interesting especially yeah. nowadays that drag has become so political I think that that would mm-hmm. help people see other sides of of us as people and not just these figures. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because people only generally only see like the glamorous, glitzy sequins and like gorgeous makeup. They don't realize that it, it's not always easy getting there. You know what I mean? It's, it's expensive. It's hard. It's, I used to think Broadway actors were the hardest working people in showbiz. You know, no. Drag performers put them to shame. We have to be our own publicist. We have to be our own makeup, hair, wardrobe. It's a lot. I don't know if everyone realizes that. <laughs> everything. We have to do everything. We're all, sometimes we're our own manager, our own yeah. wardrobe person, our own personal assistant. <laughs> exactly. It's hard. Oh my gosh. If anybody yeah. wants to be my intern, <laughs> my unpaid I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm at the point in my career where I need an assistant, but I can't afford one. Same. <laughs> yeah. I, I need somebody to edit my episodes of the podcast because I love recording them. That's my favorite part. But editing is so tedious. Oh, my God. Well, you're going to have a fun one with this. Make me sound good, Natasha. Make me sound good and I'd be fun. Like, okay. <laughs> you know what? I can't. This is unusable. Ah, imagine. <laughs> 
we can record again tomorrow. Try me it's on fine. a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> no, but and I love that you're starting a podcast too because uh, again, I, editing is is tedious, but I really enjoy it. I enjoy like getting to yeah. know and sit down with people and talk about the thing that I love the most, which is drag. And I yeah. think that dragon film is such a good topic because I think it's been in film since before we even realize. Like two and four, yeah. yes, it's centered on drag queens, but there's so many other films that that go into play. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, I can see the possibilities being just endless. Yeah, I'm excited. So excited. And I do have to have Martha here. I haven't seen her in forever. I think before the pandemic. So we gotta we gotta catch really? up. Yeah, she's amazing. She's really awesome. I love her. I was trying to insert the chew in something, but I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> <laughs> When you have her as a guest, that has to be the title, something with the chew, obviously. Yeah, I'll bring The trademark. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so be on the lookout for that. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. It'll happen. I love it. I love it. I think we are coming close to the end of this episode, but anything that we you want to promote, uh, any shows that you're having going oh, on, yeah. social media, anything. Let me oh, yeah. give you an idea of like when this episode is going to air. So it's going to be one February 31st. No, January 31st. <laughs> February 31st. It's yes, never. Coming never. <laughs> <laughs> January 31st. Okay. I host a monthly show the first Wednesday of every month. So there will be one February 1st. I host it at Redline in downtown LA with Lorelei. It's called Opposites Attract. It's a competition. So like I said, bringing it all back to the competitions. Come and get your competition on at Redline. But it's amazing. It's two different themes. So it's four performers, three judges, two themes, one winner. We win a hundred bucks. And it's a good time. We've only had one so far, but it's going well. So we're going to keep it going. So opposite track. Other than that, you can follow me on TikTok. If you want to see me lip sync or go live, I do interviews with other performers, go-go boys, DJs and stuff on there. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram where I pretend to be a model. And those are both at antibiotics, B-I-O-T-I-X-X. I have seen the opposite track flyer, and I feel like it's so smart how you do the, like, the four, three, two, one. I'm like, oh, my God. I love a good theme, <laughs> too. You. You know, we're Shanita, talking about it. Yeah, exactly. The theme, I, I know, I love the theme so much, we had to have two in our show. I couldn't just, you know, decide on one. Um, but yeah, Shanita Blunt does the graphics for our show, and she's amazing. She's a drag performer, fabulous drag performer, fabulous costume designer, wig stylist. She is like a woman of many, many talent. Book her for all your graphic design or drag performing needs. For anything, literally. She does wigs. She does costumes. Literally. She, she dances. Like she is super well-rounded and she's so sweet. Yeah. I've only met her once and she's literally the sweetest. So talented. Yeah. Yeah. So those, that's what I have coming up. Follow me for more. Yeah. And if you live in the LA area and you have not performed that red line, you're truly missing out. You truly are. Yes. The stage is great. The people that are the customers are great. The dressing room has plenty of light and plenty of room now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can make it down that flight of stairs to the dressing room, you're good. Yes. Oh my gosh. But remember, remember when it was just like that little room and we're all like, okay, yeah. excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> No, Redline is is one of my favorite places to perform in LA. I love Redline. That's where I had my first time performing. So it holds a special place in my heart. It's come to a full circle moment now. Hey. 
Thank you for listening to 100 Steps to Drag. If you like my podcast, please leave me a review. If you didn't like it, um, you can keep that for yourself. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.